Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online church service. Right where you're at, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart today, and you will see that God will supply every need that you have. How about this? Not just your needs, but also those desires that God has placed within your heart in the unique and special way that he has created you. God is going to bring those desires to pass as well. Praise the Lord. I want to share a special message today uh, with you to encourage you to pray because I know that God will talk to you when you spend time with him in prayer. But before we jump into today's teaching on the subject of talking to God, let's first receive the tithes and offerings. Now, I want to share a verse with you. This would be Psalm 37, verse 4, which says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. God not only wants to meet your needs, and of course, he's well able to do that, but God wants to go beyond just your basic needs of seeing the electrical bill paid and the water bill paid and, you know, just the normal uh, redundant things of life that require finances. God not only wants to meet your needs, God actually wants to meet your desires. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, a few days back, I mentioned that I had a vision in which the Lord Jesus came to me and stood at the foot of the couch. I had fallen asleep on the couch, and I was awakened to the sound of somebody crunching and eating something really, really loud, and it, it was so loud it woke me up, and when I woke up, I was in a vision, and there was the Lord standing there eating a cookie, and he motioned to me to take a cookie. Praise God. Well, I have talked about this just a few days ago, and uh, when I was sharing this, I didn't know this. Somebody actually told me that I actually shared that story uh, just a few days ago, and it was National Cookie Day. How about that? Uh, as a matter of fact, when I walked into the house after having preached that message and left the office and went home, without knowing anything about what I had preached or anything, my wife, Kelly, says, Stephen, here, have a cookie. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. The Lord is just too good. My wife had bought one special cookie for me, and of all things, when I came home, there she was waiting to serve me a very, very special cookie. Now, remember, delight yourself in the Lord, uh, also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. What are these desires? They're like cookies. They're the sweet things of God. They're the good things of life. And God really wants you to have a cookie. And he's really at this time emphasizing for you to release your faith and by faith take that special blessing, that special desire, that cookie that you would really like to have, because I tell you what, it, uh, it would make God very happy for you to receive it. God wants you to have it more than you do. God is even the one that put that desire in you and created you and makes you tick the way you do to even desire 
such a thing. And remember, we're not talking about needs. Sometimes needs aren't very exciting. I, I don't know about you, but from my perspective, it's not fun uh, in the uh, element of fun being exciting. It's not exciting shopping for socks. I just don't get really worked up about socks. Uh, there are some things that in life, they're just not really high, high moments in life. But there are those, those moments when God works with your faith and a cookie is brought into your life and it tastes good. It's, it's a joyful pleasure and it's something, <clears throat> it's something that just touches you in your heart because it is, it is something that you like. Praise God. So God right now, as, uh, as we're going to receive the holy tithes and offerings right now, God wants you to identify the cookie that you want to eat. Okay, and I want you to give special faith emphasis to that cookie, to that desire, because I believe you're going to be eating it a whole lot sooner than what you've even thought. You might think, well, it's beyond me, Pastor Stephen. I really do have a special desire. There's something I want. And look, I'm here today to tell you that thing is not way off there. That thing is so close. You just need to reach out by faith and just thank God for it. Praise God for it and just take it by faith. Right now, you may even want to say out loud, that thing is mine and mention to the Lord what it is. And by faith, believe you have it. Be like Abraham, our father, who called those things that were not as though they already were. Woo, praise the Lord. In other words, say, I've got it by faith. It's mine. Thank you, Lord, for it. And just be, be mindful of that. Be praising the Lord for it because you're going to be eating that cookie very, very soon. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. So take a cookie today as we now bring the tithes and the offerings into the storehouse of God. Now, if you're mailing your financial gifts into the house of God, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, our zip code 28117. If you want to bring them in online, please visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There on the homepage is a link called Tithes and Offerings, Sow and Reap. You can click on that right now and bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Look, as you do this, don't do it robotically. Do it in faith. And as you bring your tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, say, I'm believing God for this specific heart's desire. And I'm believing God for this cookie. And I'm taking this cookie. And here's something that you need to say. God wants me to have this cookie. Okay, that really helps you get free from any type of religious bondage that would have mistaught you. Wrong teaching that would have mistaught you that God doesn't want you to ever have anything nice or have any extra. Say, God wants me to, ha to have this cookie. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So right now, by faith, take your cookie and say it's mine. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Glory to God. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Father, give your people the desires of their heart, that specific desire, that specific sweet thing, that cookie 
Give it to them, O God. Let it come into their lives. They are delighting themselves in you. They love you. They think about you all the time. Father, they're tithers. They're givers. We're preaching the gospel together around the world. Father, my online church members, my ministry partners, my friends, those that love and support this ministry financially, those that pray for this ministry. Oh, God, give them their cookie. Thank you, Father. Reveal your great love and your goodness to them through this gracious act. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, look, I know that you like to give, but there are those times when you need to receive. God also wants you to be not just a good giver, but yes, a good receiver as well. Say, that cookie is mine. Hallelujah. All right, praise God. Today, I want us to go to Isaiah 55 and pick up where we have uh, left off during the midweek service, a message I taught about the mind, the evergreen mind. And I want to move into the subject of prayer, but I want to show you something that will really help you in your prayer life. So let's go over to Isaiah chapter 55. Praise the Lord. And we're going to go down once again to verse 8. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I found it interesting that just last week I preached the message on the evergreen mind, and one of our ministry viewers uh, just uh, g gave note to me that I had preached the message similar to that four years ago, and that message is actually still on the live stream archive. So if you go back about four years in time, you'll find a similar type message if you want a little bit more of that mind material. Hallelujah. All right, today we're going to be talking about our ability to communicate with God, and of course, God speaking with us. We're in Isaiah 55, verse 8, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would again come and illuminate the eyes of our understanding. And Father, let us take this and apply it to our lives. Let it not just be a, a textbook type lesson, not just another classroom learning experience, but Father, let it be a life application process where we're going to take this today and we're going to work this on a daily basis and enjoy all the incredible fruit that comes out of it. So, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. This is going to be fuel for those of you that already have a good walk with the Lord. This is going to help inflame that. For those of you that would like to come in into a what we call personal relationship with God, which is not just being saved. That's wonderful. You are technically in a position of personal relationship when you're born again because now you're in the family of God. But we're talking about communication, two-way communication. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful Christians, they're saved, but they just don't really think that God actually answers prayer. They think He listens, but when it comes to God actually responding, there's a blockage in that area. But I'm telling you, God can respond in ways so stunning, so clearly, that it can... Um, it can astound you, praise God. And that's what we want to talk about today. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This is the Lord speaking to his people, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Well, Pastor Steve, when you taught on this last week and you 
revealed to us how this is referring to uh, the fact that we need to lift our level of thinking towards a biblical pattern, towards the mind of Christ. But what does this have to do with prayer? A lot from the perspective that there are some things that maybe you would like to talk to the Lord about, but you need to know that if it's not on his agenda, if it's low and it's not what he wants to talk about, and you try to talk to the Lord about it in prayer and you nag the Lord and you talk to the Lord, please, Lord, answer this. But if it's a low thought, see, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. If it's way down here and it's not relevant to the Lord, if it's not relevant to the Lord's assignment for your life, if it's not even on God's books of what he's up to or interested in, he won't even speak about it, much less answer. He won't even, he won't even talk about it. So when it comes to prayer, you really do need to be on a platform where you are praying at least within a parameter where your prayers can be answered. I think when it comes to things like, uh, as we say, moaning and groaning, grumbling and complaining, or just, you know, uh, tossing and fussing and just uh, really not praying, but just venting frustration to the Lord, uh, things like that are what's being referred to here. My thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways. My ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. So your prayer life needs to come up. You don't need to pray in the mud. Hallelujah. You need to pray from a position of soaring with the Lord. And I think that's why some people have gotten frustrated with prayer. They think the Lord hasn't answered my prayer. Well, that could be the case from the perspective that you're not praying properly. You're, you're wanting to talk to the Lord about stuff that's so low down that's in the mud, and he's not going to go down there and join you in that. You have to go up with him. Woo, hallelujah. I mean, I've, I've had the Lord talk to me before in prayer, answering certain questions that I've asked that were good questions, that were mind of Christ type questions that were questions inspired by the spirit. And so while the Lord would be answering certain questions, I would pop a low level Stephen Brooks question in there. Lord, thank you that you're speaking to me about this. I really appreciate that. Wow. That's, that's wonderful. Lord, since you're talking to me, what about this right here? And then put a question out to the Lord and you know what? No answer. Now, if I get back on the chase of what we were just talking about, get over back on that trail where we were just having phenomenal conversation, he starts talking again. <laughs> but if I get over here on something that's flying low, down on the old terrestrial level, down on the level of the, um, how can we say, the old feller in the cellar, uh, you know, the, the, the lower base man, God's not, he's not interested in that. Lord, I would like to know how old is the earth? Was the earth destroyed by a meteorite or was the earth destroyed by, well, you know, whatever. You know what? He's not going to answer that stuff. Uh, there will come a time when we're in heaven and we can sit down and God will explain geology. God will explain uh, secrets of the universe. Some of it he can talk about now, but there's other things. It's just, 
it's just concealed until the fullness of time comes where those things can be talked about. But my friends, there's enough that you can dialogue with the Lord about. But in order to do that, you can't pray from a platform that's just based on low-level questions, low-level prayer, and then, you know, your prayer time is never engaged with God. That could be why, because a lot of people, they just, they're just floating too low. Hallelujah. You need to stay with the Lord in prayer, move into a place in prayer where you bypass the worries of the world. You bypass anxiety and pressure and stress, and you just hang out with the Lord until the elevation begins to come. Woo. Hallelujah. And many times the reason God talks is because we've asked the right questions. Ooh, hallelujah. And that's also one of the reasons he doesn't talk. We're asking the wrong questions. It's like the old hunting dog trying to chase the raccoon. And you've heard the phrase, the dog's barking up the wrong tree. There's no animal up that tree. Maybe there was yesterday, but the raccoons already crawled down and, and left. But yet that dog still barking up the tree. Uh, that's, that's not the way to go. Wasted effort and then disappointment. These things lead to frustration and prayer. And then some Christians throw up their hand and they, th they think, well, what's the use? God doesn't answer prayers. He will, but your prayers need to be proper prayers that first of all, he can answer that he can talk about. I think also, as we go deeper into this, it's not so much sometimes just getting an answer as it is even engaging in conversation. Now, anytime God gives you an answer, anytime he's talking, wow, I mean, this is way beyond E.F. Hutton. Remember the old E.F. Hutton insurance commercials? When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Well, that's nothing compared to when God talks. I mean, everybody gets quiet. Even E.F. Hutton, everybody gets quiet when God talks because that is something that is always bulletproof. That is always something that never fails. Is always something you can build your entire life on. So there is the answer of prayers. There is the answer to certain questions, but there's also just, just sometimes conversation. And the way to keep the conversation going, the way to, in, in a sense, to keep God talking is to stay on the right path, to stay on the theme that God is in the, can we use this word in the mood to talk about? You know what? We have feelings. We have emotions. You know, the Holy Spirit does too. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean the, it doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's moody, but there are times when this is what the Lord would like to discuss. It's like going to, into a, a meeting at a, a corporation and you have a boardroom meeting. Well, the conversation is going to center around what the CEO wants to talk about. Well, I've got my own ideas. Well, you might not be on the board very long because it, it centers around the head. Jesus being the head of the church, he gives the instructions. He gives the direction and the guidance. And so when he's talking, let's stay on that theme. Praise God. Hallelujah. And sometimes as you're spending time with the Lord in conversation, you can get like a download and it might take 10 or 15 minutes to kind of write that information out to assimilate that. And then you can go back now, Lord, I've written that down. Is there anything else that you would like to say concerning that? 
and you know just hang out for a few minutes and then here comes some more here comes some more revelation on that topic whoo hallelujah glory to god hallelujah verse 13 instead of the thorn shall come up come up the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree now the thorns and the briars as we discussed earlier this week can refer to wrong ways of thinking uh, thorns and briars in context as we're looking at verse 8 referring to wrong levels of thought thorns and briars thoughts that get you all tangled up thoughts that keep you all earthbound you're not able to be free and to run you're all worried about something you're focused on something you think this is the main issue and the Lord's like that is completely irrelevant to me shift your focus over here this is what I'm trying to get you to look at but a lot of times people want to just talk about the thorns and the briars and the Lord says forget it leave it behind come over here and let's focus on where I'm placing the emphasis hallelujah glory to God so if you haven't had good dialogue with the Lord in prayer if you haven't had those times when the Lord comes and literally answers questions that you have about your life gives you insight pertaining to your life and your direction in life, then you need to rethink the types of questions that you're presenting to him. Hallelujah. If the questions are so low, there is a certain place where God won't even stoop down there and, and discuss certain things. He, uh, either he doesn't want to, or it's beneath him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a lot of natural things that people have a lot of interest in, and God has no interest in it at all, at all. Praise God. You see all kinds of documentaries on TV. They're trying to explain this and uh, figure this out, and, uh, and, and, and it's, the Lord has no interest in it. If you try to talk to the Lord about that stuff, your, your devotional time will be just flat and lifeless. Praise God. So talk about what he's into. Praise God. Ask questions that he has an interest in. Glory to the Lord. And you'll find dialogue and conversation beginning to come into your prayer life in a very rich, a very, very rich way. Hallelujah. His thoughts are so much higher. Now we can think those thoughts. We can we can move in that realm, but you have to you have to press in into the things of the Lord. Praise God. I wish I could say that the moment you start praying that all the troubles of life just evaporate. That's not always the case, is it? Some some pesky problems, some difficulties can really cling in the sense that they want to continue to occupy your mind occupy your attention and here you are trying to pray and this stuff just won't leave you alone what are you to do what you have to do in times like that is you have to push the accelerator push the gas pedal of prayer down further with a intensified effort to get into the anointing I think that our prayer time how can I say it? Let me say it like this. I think that our prayer time can go different directions. Sometimes your prayer time is meant to be smooth. It's meant to be just like kicking back, talking with the Lord. His presence is there. You're having fun. Dialogue is easy. 
And other times, uh, it's it can be difficult. All kinds of interruptions. I'm talking even if you get up early in the morning, or maybe you're trying to pray late at night. All types of distractions things competing for your attention, the thorns and the briars, just wanting to keep you all tangled up and keep you earthbound. So the, what you have to do in times like that is you can't be just like in uh, cruise control. You can't just try to coast because you're not into the anointing. You have to get into the anointing of prayer. And in order to do that, if you're, if the enemy is trying to block you out or just the human nature of the fallen nature of man, if you're, if your own human nature is trying to keep you out of the glory and out of the anointing, then within your heart, you must push, you must push to get into the flow of the oil, the flow of the anointing. And when that happens, when that happens, you will see the thorns and the briars begin to fall off. Even in your mind, those things can't hold you anymore. They can't control your thought life anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God things that used to distract you and worry you and eat you up with worry and anxiety. They will fall off of you and stay off of you as long as you continue to come back into that place, preferably daily, of getting into the anointing. So your prayer life, here's what I'm trying to say as I bring this home. Your prayer life is more than just prayer. You must press in prayer into the anointing. I ministered at a church years back and when I was done, the pastor said, said, uh, Pastor Stephen, I loved, I loved your message. I'm going to begin to get up early and pray. And so I went back next year. He invited me to come back and minister again a year later. And he said, you know what? I've been getting up early every morning to spend time with the Lord. But he said, Pastor Stephen, I'll be honest. I don't think I've gotten anything out of this. I, I get up and I kind of pray and just kind of sit there and see what had happened is that he was always just in like this comfy cruise control mode. Lord, I love you today. And, and, uh, and there's a lot of times he had, he had moments, uh, where there was, you know, nothing's going on in the prayer time. He's just kind of like there talking and, and then he runs out of things to say and he's just sitting there and, and then he's not even praying. So what you have to do is you have to push to get into this anointing. And I want to talk about that because this will help you go with me to Luke chapter 22. Praise God. When your life is finished and you go to be with the Lord, you will have no regrets ever that you prayed too much. You will never, ever regret having invested in prayer the only regret that you may have, and may you have none, but the only thing that you may wish that you would have endeavored to get into a little bit more would be the matter of prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer makes your life so sweet. Prayer makes every promise that God has begin to come towards you and begin to manifest, sometimes with, with very little effort, sometimes with no effort. It just blossoms and comes forth because of the rich and abundant prayer life. There are some things that don't necessarily respond to prayer, but there are many, and there are many that do, and actually most things do. Very few things will not respond to prayer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But we're talking about the 99% that will. We are in Luke chapter 22, verse 44. 
Let's start in verse 33. Then an angel appeared to him, that would be Jesus, from heaven, strengthening him. In other words, the angel was strengthening Jesus. To do what? To do what? To stay up all night and watch TV? No, the angels won't come for things like that. To stay up all night for a pizza party and play cards and blackjack and bingo? No, you'll never get any supernatural help on things like that. But the moment the moment you really lean into critical areas of prayer, and if there's fatigue, you will see God support you and strengthen you, and if necessary, he'll even send an angel to help you. Now watch this. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. He See, he prayed more earnestly. I do present to you today the thought that you have other gears that you can shift into it's like a car. You shift and you go higher and higher, and there's the horsepower that go faster and faster and faster and larger gears to take you into realms of speed where you have never accelerated into before. But all you have to do is push the gas pedal down in order to get there. So he prayed more earnestly. You can go into a new level of earnestness in your prayer life and even go into new dimensions of experiencing the glory of God. Does that mean you'll have to push yourself at times? Yes, yes, but you need to also understand that God will supply grace if you're willing to do that. If that means God sending an angel to help you, well, then we have an example that it happened to Jesus, and it can certainly happen to you as well. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. So he's in prayer and he's praying. Where is he praying at? He's praying in the garden of Gethsemane and he's being pressed in prayer. I mean, he is going places in prayer that are very, very deep. Hallelujah. Concerning ascertaining the will of God for his life and the power to accomplish his mission and fulfill his mandate, his God-given assignment, and to stay on track for that. Oh, he is pushing with everything he's got in prayer. And this is the anointing. This is the anointing of prayer. Sometimes you have to push in it. Now, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is also a place where the olives would be taken off the trees, go through their various forms of treatment so that they can, they can be eaten and also that oil can be extracted. But my friends, they would, they would go through the press. The olives would be crushed and the extra virgin oil would be extracted. Wow. Glory to God. That is a picture of what's going on in the prayer life of Jesus. He's being crushed. He's under pressure. And he goes deeper in prayer. He doesn't just bail out and say, oh, you know, it's not that important. You know, it doesn't really mean that too much to me. I guess, I guess this will just all work out somehow. No, it's your life. It's your life. And you need to be willing to fight for the promises that God gave to you. You need to be willing to say, this is my calling. This is my assignment. This is God's plan for me. And I'm not going to let anything stop it from coming to pass. And so you pray and you press in into prayer. Hallelujah. That one preacher who told me 
that he had gotten up, you know, uh, early every morning and, pr- and prayed and never really got anything out of it. He never once, not one time after having done it for a whole year, not one time did he ever push. He thought it was just all just like sweet fellowship just all nice and easy and the Lord's waiting to uh, meet you there. And, and you know, sometimes you'll have days like that. It's just open heaven. Sometimes it's just, it's just glorious. The moment you start to the moment you finish filled with glory, but there's other times where the enemy will try to keep you from getting into the anointing. And you have to wonder why is he trying to stop you? What's going on that he's making these efforts to hold you down? Well, he probably has been alerted that a blessing, a breakthrough is within close reach of you. So he tries to come with discouragement. He tries to come uh, with concerns and thoughts and suggestions that, you know what? There's a lot of other things you could be doing right now. Why don't you just uh, skip today and go out and just take care of stuff? But my friends, you must not just pray, but get into the anointing of prayer. I'm not saying that we pray with feeling, but there is a praying with earnestness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And don't be afraid to expend energy in prayer. Don't be afraid to say, you know what? I'm going to have to push and then just push glory, glory with a, with a determination so that the oil will begin to flow, the crushing of the olives there in the garden of Gethsemane. And you, and in your prayer life, you're going to have to crush the olives. You're going to have to get the oil flowing. Praise the Lord. See, the reason that your prayer life needs to be anointed is because it's the anointing that makes all the difference in life. The anointing is the Holy Spirit coming on you to empower you to function like Christ in the earth in what it is that God has called you to do in life. And that anointing comes. It comes on your mind. It comes on your hands. It comes on your understanding. It comes upon your talent, your gift, and your ability, and God touches you. Praise God. I wish that some Christian singers would understand that while vocal excellence is good, while vocal training is good, while good song selection is good, I wish they would understand, though, that it's still the anointing that makes all the difference. And if the Holy Spirit comes on the singer, while they're singing. Now what happens is the Holy Spirit anoints that vessel, anoints the song, and it's different. It touches people. And that that person singing under the anointing, you can play that, you can play that back 10, 15, 20 years later, and it'll still bless people. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was on it. But if the Holy Spirit's not on it, and it, you know, it just sounds good. It's another good song. It's another good voice. Then it won't have that lasting ability, nor will it have that deep impact to change lives and reach people with the power of God. It really is the Holy Spirit who makes all the difference. And to get those wonderful results in life, that all comes out of the anointing. And much of the anointing is empowered 
powered, produced, and fabricated out of the crushing of the olives there in the press. So sometimes your prayer life can feel like a press. What's going on? You're producing the oil. It may feel like you're really working hard in prayer. Just keep praying. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in. Keep pressing in until the thorns and the briars can't tangle you up and hold you down on the earthly realm. Keep pressing in until thoughts of God, thoughts of Christ, the mind of Christ begin to come into your mind. Keep pressing in until songs come up in your spirit. Oh, songs from God, where God would even speak to you in a song. And you can take that song and share it with somebody else, and God touches them. So now you're walking in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You're being edified. You could even sing it to others. They're being edified. So many things come out of your prayer life, even words that will come out of your mouth. And you walk into work and you're just anointed to do what God has called you to do. My friends, do not abandon your prayer life. God wants to talk to you. God wants to meet with you. God's got something important to share with you every day. Every day, if you will seek the Lord in prayer, you come out of that experience with that anointing. There's a miracle coming to you that you can catch. And as the great evangelist, Dr. Earl Roberts used to say, a miracle is either coming to you or going past you every day. And if you will walk in that anointing that comes out of a rich, vibrant prayer life, you will catch a miracle. I'm telling you every single day, every single day, you will walk in a dimension where you know God's talking to you. And that is something that is so valuable that once you're in it, you never, ever want to come out of it. And I'll tell you something else. You don't have to. You don't ever have to say, this is just too good. Uh, this is so good, but you know what? I need a break. This is something that you don't, you don't need a break from. This is not like work in a sense where there's manual work or, you know, you have your career and you feel like, you know, I, I need a vacation. I need a seven day or, you know, 14 day vacation. No, this is something that, that even if you do take a vacation, this makes your vacation wonderful. This is something that is an ongoing walk daily. Praise God. Hallelujah. I believe that you will catch these miracles that God sends to you on a daily basis. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's time. It's time to get back in the olive press. It's time to press into that place of hearing from God on a daily basis. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God wants to talk to you. He wants to meet you in your garden, in your prayer closet, in your place of fellowship. He wants to share things with you. Praise God. There are, th look, I'm here today to tell you this. There's some things God wants to talk with you about. <laughs> and that's why you really need to get over into the anointing. Because without getting into that place, sometimes you can't even ask the right questions. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. There are times when you walk in this anointing, God will even stop you. And he'll say, I want to talk to you about this. Wow. And you're thinking, Lord, I didn't even bring it up. But yet God brings it up. Why? Because you're, you're walking in this realm. Hallelujah. Please lift your hands. Father, I pray a new anointing of fire upon your people to be people of prayer.
to be people walking in the prayer anointing in their own garden of Gethsemane, crushing the olives, producing the oil, fulfilling their callings, their assignments, being a blessing to those in the body of Christ and into humanity as well. Those around them. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father God. Let your oil of your spirit come on them now from the top of their head. Just as it mentions with Aaron in Psalm 133, the oil flowing down from the head over the face and down the beard and down over the body. Thank you, Father, for the oil flowing now. Give them a running start. If there are any that have vacated their place of prayer, their daily place of prayer, if they have vacated their place, let them come back now with fresh anointing, fresh grace, fresh quickening power. Take your place on the walls of Jerusalem and pray. Hallelujah. God wants to speak to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Fresh oil for your people. A renewed prayer life. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God today. Let's take, let's take communion together. And as we take communion together today, I want you to make a new commitment. A new commitment to stay in the place of prayer and to stay in the anointing of prayer. Prayer, again, is not just meandering around. Prayer sometimes demands that you push. It demands that the oil be extracted. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this bread and this juice. We consecrate it now as we take communion together as a church family gathered together from around the world in many different time zones and in many different nations. And Father, we thank you. We consecrate it. This is now the flesh and blood of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Take the flesh of Christ in your hands. Father, we thank you that as we consume and eat the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that he is the eternal word. And, oh, God, we choose. We choose to be people of prayer, casting all of our care upon you through prayer, supplication, and petition, making our request known unto you that your peace, O God, may touch our minds with a peace that goes beyond, that surpasses anything that can be naturally comprehended. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it now. In his name, amen. Let's partake. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that as your people venture into deep levels of prayer, we thank you that you're waiting for them because you have critical information to share with them that they must know, and you're wanting to talk with them about it. So, Father, we thank you that as we receive the blood of Jesus, we also receive the deep walk with you in prayer to receive supernatural guidance, direction, and instruction through your counsel. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes after you finish your prayer time, you may be quickened to get on the telephone and call somebody because God has given you a word for them. God has given you a, uh, just a, a, a love for them. And you want to call them up and just share, share something perhaps that God is sharing uh, with you to tell them. There are so many things that come out of the anointing of prayer. One of them is a prophetic flow. And that is the ability just to speak into people's lives, a word in due season to bring strength to those that would be weary. Be looking for that as you come out of your prayer closet. Now the oil, let your oil be pure and clean. Let your prayer life be strong. Let it be something in your life that is so anchored in your core spiritual activity that you don't let anything take it and steal it from you. That's what it means to guard the anointing. Guard your prayer life. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you. We seal what has been taught and received today. We seal it by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the sacred anointing, for the precious anointing produced through prayer. Thank you, Father, for the golden results. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.